Brian Powell, and I'm the host of Bristol Myers Squibb's Black Organization for Leadership and Development podcast series, Bold Innovators. This is an open conversation with Bemol community members and allies throughout BMS that are true leaders in and out of the office who stands with our mission to foster an inclusive environment that values the contributions of Black employees equally with others. This season, we'll be focusing on a new Bristol-Myers Squibb core value. Last season, our focus was on innovation. This season, we'll be focusing on passion and how that has driven our guests throughout their careers. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Gaetano Gruppi, General Manager of Brazil, and Fernanda de Silva Joel, Senior Manager of Global Procurement and Bold Brazil Chapter Lead. Gaetano, Fernanda, it's a pleasure to have both of you on the program today. Thank you, Brian. Great pleasure for us as well. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. I'm very grateful. Oh, me too, me too. Before we learn more about your individual stories and the bold 10 questions, we wanted to speak to the fact that we're also celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. Because of that, I want to ask you, Fernanda, especially since you're currently living in and working in Brazil, Como é a diversidade e inclusão no Brasil? What does diversity look like in Brazil? Yeah, thanks for the question, um, Brian. Diversity in Brazil is a big topic and has been growing the last decade, especially in the workplace. In Sao Paulo, where our BMS office is located, we have around 35% of the population being black or brown but it's not part of many segments of our society, which generates social, economic, and health inequalities. Our society has been promoting uh, parity of other underrepresented groups, such as gender, sexual orientation, generation, people with disabilities, and Latin. So the racism situation in Brazil is a little different than in other countries, especially in US. I think for a long time we were not vocal about this issue and this is because of our culture you know that really promotes relationship this is a very important topic for us so we want to be nice with people you know we want to be cordial with the people and sometimes this was preventing us to bring to the table what it was so important to discuss and this is exactly what it has been changing and I think by uh, bringing awareness, you know, and also why uh, the black and brown uh, population is not in the same level as the others and re really need to uh, put an additional efforts to overcome and achieve their objectives. It's why, it's why we have um, a lot of companies and especially BMS in Brazil playing a very important role to make this uh, an important topic, you know, in order to um, to change our society and in the future we, where we can have a better place to live. In the last four years, BMS Brazil has increased the racial workforce representation from 12 to 70%, and we want to keep leveraging this number. Well, thanks, Fernanda, for giving us that little bit of a background of what DNI looks like in Brazil. Before we go into your guys' stories, we'd like to ask our guests the famous bold 10 questions. 
And these bold 10 questions are fun questions we like to ask our guests to get a tidbits of who they are in a very interesting way. So Gaetano, Fernanda, you ready for the bold 10 questions? Yeah, yes, I am. Ready. Right. Right. Let's go. Gaetano, you're, you're the first up. Oh, okay. Question one, number one. What kinds of things do you like to cook or are good at cooking? Well, let me start with the end. I, by <laughs> definition, I am not good at cooking, okay? <laughs> uh, and I think my family uh, is, is, is very grateful that I, I don't try that much. But if I had to pick and choose one thing that I kind of tried to cook and, and trying to really get better uh, every time I, I try to do is spaghetti a carbonara. So that's, uh, that's the kind of thing that I, uh, I, I like to cook, but uh, I am definitely not good. That sounds good. Next time I meet you, I might want to try it out one day. <laughs> <laughs> Question number two, what's the most recent show you've binge watched? Well, I need to make a confession here. First of all, mm -hmm. there is one show that I never stopped watching. It starts with chapter one of season one and goes, you know, around the clock, which is Friends. I, I think I can only sleep when I, I watch Friends. So I love Friends. I watch Friends every day. So that's an ongoing thing, okay? That's the background. But the most recent one that I am really kind of uh, hooked is Manifesto. I don't know if you have watched Manifesto. It's uh, about uh, that airplane that was gone for five years, mm -hmm. and then they returned. So that's, uh, that's something that I think is season four is coming in November. What's the worst hairstyle you've ever had? Oh, that's an easy one. <laughs> I don't know how old I was. I, maybe I think it was eight, nine, or 10 years old. I think uh, my, my parents told me to go to the barber to have my hair cut and so on. And I, I, I was a little bit, I didn't want to do it. Anyway, as, uh, as, as a, a statement, of not agreeing with them, I went bold. Uh, <laughs> and I tell you, that that put me in a lot of troubles uh, when I got home and I was totally bold. I mean, uh, and I didn't like it, nobody liked it. So I did it once in my life. Uh, I never would do it again. I hope God is good with me and don't <laughs> let me go bold because it's not a, it's not a, it's not a pretty. It's not a pretty thing. So that was not a good idea. <laughs> good to know. Next question. What's the worst film you've ever seen? Uh, actually, I, I could say that uh, I have like a, a theme of, of movies that I that I don't like in films. I, I, I don't like horror. I mean, I am not a friend of Halloween. So I can tell you, Rosemary's Baby, Poltergeist. I mean, I I don't like those films. I I, I love romantic comedy. I like history, but but you know, any scary movies, it doesn't fall into anything I want to watch. So. I'll agree with you on that. And I'll take a rom com over any Halloween or <laughs> horror movie any day. No, no, not at all. And last question: What's the one book you believe every person should read? Uh, that's an easy one as well. I, I would say I would say the Bible. I, I, I think uh, every person should read the Bible. Specifically, if you have any questions where to start, uh, read the book of Proverbs. Out of the 16, 66 books that uh, make up the Bible, I would say the, 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 the book of Proverbs written by King Solomon 
is is a lot of good tips, a lot of uh, wisdom. So that that would be the book that everybody should read. Fernanda, you're next up in the bowl of ten questions. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. All right. So question one: What topic can you spend hours talking about? Well, diversity. I think. I'm sorry, you know, for not it's probably not a surprise, but it, it's something that it's it's so huge, you know, how many possibilities and things that you can learn, you know, in the in a so in so many different aspects that I, I really love to to know more about diversity and especially I mean to discover new things about, you know, culture, other culture. So it's really something that I I can discuss for hours. Now I know why you're the bold lead. It makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Second question. What's the most anxiety-induced thing you do on a regular basis? It's running. I mean, I think it's really it, it's really challenging for me, you know, and I, I really it's something that helps me with the health, uh, uh, with the mental health. You know, I think there are so many benefits. I think running, it's uh, it's my thing. Who do you feel like you know, even though you've never met them? Oh, this is um, interesting. I think it's something that I felt, you know, when I when I lived in U.S. and then I connected with uh, with the black communities there. And uh, even though, you know, it was my first time in living in U.S., everything was really new for me and my family. I think we we got this kind of connection, you know, and a very different social, you know, context and, and challenges and everything. But I think, you know, I could connect with them pretty easy, you know, and I think, it, yeah, it's something that it's hard to explain, but it was really a good experience for me. And the last question, do you usually go with the flow or do you like things planned out? I really like to plan uh, things out. So, uh, I mean, in my personal life, I always have like five years ahead, you know, what I want to do, what, you know, what are the plans that I also think for my kids, for my family in general. So I really like to, to plan everything ahead, but I'm also able to adjust, try to really be flexible because I think sometimes life just um, is full of surprise. So if we just stick with the plan, sometimes we... Uh, lose opportunities of enjoying, you know, better things that we we didn't plan. But uh, I mean, in my case, God plans uh, uh, for us. So I, I like to plan, but I also like to be surprised by the what life can 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 bring. That makes a lot of sense. You, you're very structured, but you can be agile depending upon the situation. Yeah. Gaetano, Fernanda, thanks for answering the bold 10 questions. I think we got a little bit of more of a sneak peek of who you both are. You know, Gaetano, obviously we got to see a rom-com together. And Fernanda, we're going to go uh, working out one day running. Since we got a little bit of a taste of who you guys are, it would be great to learn more about your story and how you got to Bristol-Myers Squibb. So plainly speaking, tell us your story. And I guess we can start with Gaetano first. Sure. Um, well, I, I think your professional story starts uh, since you, you you were born as a child and, and something that starts forming you. So I am a Brazilian-Italian. I am a typical son of a couple of immigrants that uh, immigrated from Italy to Brazil. Uh, and uh, the first thing that I, 
I, I remember from the time was the fact that, you know, the world was a smaller world because I have family in Italy, families and friends in Brazil and growing up with, uh, with a different uh, two cultures. Um, I think that gave me a passion for, for really having an international career. So uh, I think I, I grew up, uh, I was uh, the first member of my family to graduate from university. Uh, I think uh, my parents were definitely very proud of that. I think it has changed in the course of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of a trend of a family. I mean, I think this is the typical work of, uh, of people immigrating to another country. I fell in love with pharmaceuticals through a friend. I, uh, I made my career in pharmaceuticals working through uh, three different multinational companies. Most of the, the, my life was in the United States. So I think that was uh, something that uh, it was part of my childhood to, to really have an international career. And uh, I joined BMS in 2012 as uh, general manager for Bristol Myers in Brazil. And for me, what was, uh, was really uh, unique about, um, about uh, Bristol Myers Script was the biopharma strategy. I, I, I thought that was a very smart idea this whole idea of immune oncology, treating the lives of patients with cancer. Professionally, I love to be a general manager. I, my background, I, I am a, a bachelor in business administration. Uh, I did start my, uh, my MBA in marketing, but just having the opportunity to touch every single uh, function in the company, uh, you know, looking the overall development of talent, that was a, a great passion for me. So. Uh, I think, uh, you know, establishing, developing the biopharma strategy in, uh, in Brazil, putting Brazil in the map of priorities for, for Bristol-Myers was, uh, was uh, one of the greatest reasons why I joined the company and why I really love working for the company. And going back to the first question you asked, uh, Fernanda, Fernanda João, uh, regarding IND in Brazil uh, in terms of inclusion and, and diversity, I think the PBRGs are a great idea. Uh, one thing I, I can tell you about the PBRGs in Brazil is uh, BMS is really ahead of the pack when I look at and compare ourselves with peers, not only in the pharmaceutical industry, but other industry. The way we organize ourselves is also something that, uh, that I love and, and have been very involved. So, Nona Chow, this is who I am. I, uh, I am married. I have uh, two sons. Both are Americans. They, they live in the U.S. They, they live in Connecticut. And my, myself and my wife, we are here in Brazil, but uh, we do connect a lot uh, with them. So um, that's it. Well, thanks, Gautano, for telling us your story. And I'd love to touch on a couple of things you said a little bit later in the podcast. Fernanda, I guess, can you tell us a little bit of your story, how you got to BMS? Yeah, sure. So I'm from Rio de Janeiro, and I, I was raised by a very strong woman, a single mother, and I had an autist brother. I lost my father at nine years old, and I must confess that we, have, we hadn't had time to think about discrimination by that time because we were too busy figuring out how to achieve our goals in this context. My mother was the first in her family to get a degree uh, from a public university, and I also followed in, in her staff graduating in business from a federal university in my hometown. I have always been in procurement, 
in the early stages of my career, I had the opportunity to leave Rio de Janeiro and move to São Paulo, where I have been uh, living and working for, for the last uh, 20 years with a few international uh, academic opportunities and assignments, work assignments in other countries, such as Switzerland, you know, to do my master, Emirates and England for work and US to follow my husband who has been doing his doctorate. And, uh, and I, I took the, the opportunity to study innovation at Stanford for two years. And when I came back to Brazil in 2020, I joined BMS, which was a very good decision to work for a company that has the patient at the center of everything we do and a place where I can also work towards my passion and, and purpose. In addition, I was almost forgetting I, I'm married and I have two kids. I'm a daughter with a, almost eight years and a son with a four years. Well, it's great. No, thanks, Fernanda, for telling me your story and your whirlwind no, ventures to the U.S. and from Brazil to the U.S. to Brazil again. So thank you for telling me your story. And obviously, we brought you both on to the podcast because of your passion for what you do, as well as your innovative mindset. I know, Fernanda, you kind of touched on your passions a little bit in this particular IND space. So this plainly speaking, uh, starting with Fernanda first, what are you boldly passionate about? I think I'm really passionate about supporting others, you know, to succeed in their careers uh, and the diversity and also diversity organizations, you know, by being inclusive in the sourcing process, which is part of my role. And uh, I'm really, you know, when I think about that, I'm really grateful for the people who have mentored me, you know, during my journey, provide cons constructive uh, feedbacks that was uh, that were essential to my career and also my personal development. So I consider them, you know, as part of my achievement. And then when I think, you know, forward, I really would like to be part of someone else's uh, careers and, and journeys in this sense. So it's really what fascinates me. And, uh, and also, I mean, the positive impact that these inclusive initiatives, you know, can generate on the on the ecosystem, you know, by empowering communities from social and economic aspects, you know, uh, when we think about the diverse suppliers, you know, how we can also provide innovative solutions for our patients and uh, for sure a healthier workplace environment and ultimately, I mean, BMS business objective. So I think it's, it's uh, something that it's always a win-win uh, situation when we are working towards uh, diversity and inclusion. Is there a time you can think of that that passion came to fruition within Bristol Myers Squibb or a story you can tell that really enlightens that passion? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, I mean, it, this is really recently. I mean, we this year we were very fortunate to implement um, a mentoring uh, program called uh, SoBoat in Brazil, where we um, connected with the 51 um, black professionals, you know, and uh, with intention really to support their careers, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, be able also to uh, share our our career um, the challenges, you know, and also uh, tips that we we believe that can help them, you know, to achieve and, and get a better 
uh, work uh, position or, you know, opportunities. So, I mean, it has been a really pleasure, you know, to be part of this as a mentor, you know, and also to not just connect with our employees here in Brazil that that are really very engaged, you know, with that, starting with, uh, with Gaetano, uh, but also to be able to connect with our diverse suppliers and also strategic suppliers that are also engaging in this uh, mentoring program with, with, our, with us as uh, mentors. So I think this is something that I would never forget, you know, how we can with, um, you know, sometimes in a simple way, you know, that we can really help the others and, and give back. I guess, how did it make you feel to create this Soul Bowl program and to impact 51 employees that you worked in order to really get the mentorship and the forward progress uh, in their careers that they all wanted? Like, how did that make you feel? I think it's it goes beyond myself. You know, it's something that it's really you can see that it goes beyond your career. You know what you can you are doing for yourself. It's really something that it's it, we hope that we can uh, impact our society. You know, pos, uh, positively and uh, and also uh, provide a kind of legacy. You know, to other companies to also not just understand how they can develop, you know, their employees, but also how we can help the community as we are doing with this um, black professionals, you know, that are coming from different states in, in Brazil. Yeah, funny you mentioned community. I know you are the, the bold chapter lead in Brazil. Can you talk about what that community means to you and how you've led it over your time of your leadership? Yeah. So, as I mentioned, I mean, the, the black population, black and brown population are the majority uh, in Brazil. But when we think about the opportunities, I mean, unfortunately, we have in a situation with a lot of uh, racial, gender and other inequalities. So when we, we think about the community, it's really how we can connect with those that sometimes are unseen by the others so how we can connect with them and uh, and and I mean also create a, a connection with other companies and and for sure with with BMS in order to attract a more diverse workforce so I mean it's basically what community means to me and I mean we have been seeing some good examples good results from this from this experience what does that passion comes from? Did you always have it while you were growing up? Is it something you had an aha moment in your career? Like, where did you get that passion from? Yeah, I think it, I just come from a very different uh, background that where I'm right now with my family. So, I mean, and I'm I'm really happy to see how many more opportunities that my kids that have comparing to what what I had when I was at their um age you know so i think this you know this um empowerment this passion really comes to the mission to really empower other women you know especially the black women you know to really pursue their dreams you know, we know that it's it's hard i'm not saying that you know it's a romantic journey mm -hmm. but uh, i think it's something that you need to really believe in, in yourself and understand that you need to overcome a lot of challenges, but you can really find people along your way that can help you out. I, I think it, it's going to make you stronger, you know, in a lot of senses, you know, also not just to help yourself in your objectives, 
but also how you can help the others that are around you. So I think, uh, yeah, if I can explain, I think it is uh, the source of my of my purpose. That's great to hear. And this one last question uh, as the bold lead in Brazil. What's one piece of advice or one action item you want your organization to take, not only during Hispanic Heritage Month, but an act they can take to really improve upon uh, I&D throughout the organization? Yeah, I think as Gaetano mentioned, I think we have been leading a lot of good opportunities uh, as the one I mentioned with the SoBold mentoring program, I think we, we have been doing a fantastic job here and we have a very engaged leadership and, um, and the team as, as in general. But I think it's something that it's, it's going to be um, an opportunity for us moving forward. It's really how we can imprint and leverage the resources that's going to help us to develop the, uh, the diversity um workforce that we want to attract because i think attract is something but then you need to ensure that the people that are working here are really being able to develop themselves you know and and uh, pursue a career so i think it's it's not just a bms challenge in brazil i think it's really a challenge for all the the organizations as we want to leverage you want to evolve the uh the number of um, of diverse employees that we have, if I can say like that. So I think we we are in a very good path, and uh, and I'm sure that comparing to what everything that we have been doing and the team that we have, we are gonna succeed on this as well. I can't agree with you more on that. Thanks, Fernanda, for talking about your passion and answering those few questions. I really appreciate it. Thanks. See you, Gaetano. So you're next. So what are you boldly passionate about? Well, um, first of all, I think uh, th there's one thing that always has uh, given me uh, a passion for, which is to, to really avoid abuse. I mean, I, I grew up as, as a son of, uh, of immigrants. I, I saw the, the, the hardship that my parents went through. And, and this notion of, uh, of uh, abuse is always something that bothered me a lot. Um, and I think... Uh, what I'm passionate about it is how can I really influence my environment to really minimize or eliminate any kind of abuse? So I, I think those are drivers that I have that doesn't make me feel comfortable uh, if I am surrounded with situations that I can influence to, to really stop abuse, to minimize or eliminate abuse of any kind of, a, of, of, of source or any kind of abuse. So. That's definitely something that uh, I am uh, I am very passionate about. It. Is there an instance that you can recall that you saw that really stuck with you, and how you're able to influence retroactively to improve upon that and make sure that's mitigated moving forward? I think in in general, I mean, not not you know, looking into the overall my overall life and what was for me a, a great eye opener in terms of abuse is when I left Brazil and moved to the United States. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in Brazil, uh, and in Brazil, we always had this notion that uh, in Brazil, there is no racism. I mean, in Brazil, we, we are all happy, uh, you know, everything is okay. When you look at, uh, 
you know, the Brazil of uh, Bossa Nova, the Brazil of Copacabana, Rio de Janeiro, uh, football, you know, soccer. So Brazil, mm -hmm. you know, look at Pele. So there is no racism in Brazil. Right. When I moved to the U.S., uh, I, I really, for the first time, I saw what uh, affirmative action meant. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then I started looking and said, well, wait a second, what, what, what do we have here? And I look at uh, my children going to school and on a diverse environment. And, and, and I just kind of went back and said, we do have a problem in Brazil. Uh, and definitely there is an abuse of, of racism in Brazil and that I was part of it. And I think what... Um, what the time in the U.S. Uh, gave me was this uncomfort of uh, I got to do something about it. So after mm -hmm. almost 20 years outside Brazil, I came back to Brazil. And, and what I felt was that I had a mission in, in my position. I came back as a general manager for another pharmaceutical company. I uh, started looking into what this movement can be. Um, and this was uh, back in 2006, and, and Brazil was kind of starting to talk about diversity and, and people looking into how can we really uh, look at things in a different way. And I, I would say that um, my, my role, and, and since that, and, and with BMS, definitely because of the way we are organized with the PBRGs, we were the, 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 the second country in the world to open up a chapter of both. So mm. I, if you ask me, uh, I think the influence that I, I can have not only inside of BMS, but also uh, in, the, in the industry where we act, um, you know, raising a voice that we do have an issue. I look at with my friends, socially speaking. I mean, uh, this, is, this was an eye opener. When you talk about, you know, we got to fix this. We had the 300 years of slavery. Uh, you know, this is something that is not going to happen by chance. And I think for me, uh, uh, I think that one of the key uh, things I heard about diversity and inclusion at BMS is if you if you are not consciously including, you are going to be unconsciously excluding. And I think this act mm -hmm. of thinking about inclusion is, is something that I would say, uh, I, as far as I, I can help, I think I'm going to be able to really influence the environment to stop the abuse on from a racism perspective as much as I can. So uh, one person at a time, one job at a time, one mentorship at a time, I think this is going to be a ripple effect when looking to the future. That's great to know. And I, how important it was for you to be the second market to actually open a bold organization chapter? How important was that for you? It was very important because uh, once we opened up the chapter, and I remember, I mean, Camila, uh, Camila was, uh, she's a Brazilian uh, uh, um, employee. She, she now works in, uh, in the U.S. She's Strizan Ops for, for Corporate Affairs. And Aldemir, mm -hmm. uh, he is our Strizan Ops Director. When they came to my office and said, what do you think about us opening up a bold uh, chapter in Brazil? I mean, before they finished the phrase, I said, yes, let's do it. Uh, I think what was, uh, I remember as it was today, we had a breakfast with all the employees uh, on our cafeteria. And I, you know, we start talking about it. And, and I, 
I tell you that this was a, a very hard thing to do, but it, it was when we start talking and say, guys, joking about racism is not funny. I mean, because the joke is not on you. And because we, we do carry this, this legacy of uh, phrases that are not uh, acceptable, but it, it was like, uh, again, as I said, when and I was living in Brazil, that was kind of a normal thing. I, I couldn't see the difference until I could leave Brazil and say, oh, my God, look at the kind of issues we had. So mm -hmm. I think um, just raising that and, and, and being able to speak up about it, of the things that were not acceptable and creating an environment where we would really try to change that trend, that, that was uh, amazing. And, and again, I think we start giving opportunities. We, every time that we had an opening in our, in our uh, uh, headcount, we would make sure, do we have females participating, participating in the, um, for the job? Do we have you know, black candidates coming? Uh, and again, you, you hear things like, oh, they didn't come, we did, they didn't appear, there's nobody out there. I said, no. I mean, mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, you heard uh, Fernanda saying 56% of the Brazilian population, 54, 56, are, are black. I mean, and in yeah. Sao Paulo, we have over 35%. So, you know, yes, let's go after. And once we start that process, you know, one thing that uh, it's true, talent attract, attracts talent. And we start seeing people talking about it, and we we became one of the great place to work for 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 black employees to work, for females to work, and we are a great a great place to work in general. So you can see, you know, the the benefits of that is 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 the a virtual cycle, and and um, uh, I think we are in the beginning of really making a difference for for our environment. That's great to hear, and. You mentioned that some small impact that you made already is more of awareness and education. I guess, what impact have you seen since creating the bold chapter and having this education lens when it comes to DNI for the Brazilian market? Well, uh, first of all, let's talk about language, for example. Uh, we used to make uh, uh, announcements for, for, you know, starting jobs in Brazil require English. Mm. Uh, we are an American company. Uh, and, and usually what happened is people would come in and their English was kind of a, a needed a lot of improvement and we ended up paying for English classes so they could improve their English. Oh, wow. And we realized that if you, if you want the probability of uh, a black student being able to manage or handle a second language in Brazil because of the, the history, because you know, the, 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 the entire situation, it's minimum. So every time that you would advertise English is required, the probability of having a, a black student to apply for the job was close to zero. Mm -hmm. So one thing we said, why why we do this and then we end up paying for it? Why we don't open up for even people that have such, you know, very basic or no English and they can apply for the job because if they have the right education, they are prepared for, we're going to help them. So that was one way to influence, and we start getting more and more candidates, and we, you know, do have a, an English program for that. So those are uh, things that we we have done uh, that can make a difference. Uh, we look at succession planning, and we look at, you know, where are the talent? How can we develop the talent, you know, for a tour of duties? And and again, what I could say is, 
we were able to attract a talent like Fernanda, you know, just two years ago. So, you know, that's that's a difference. I mean, and I think I'm sure that she did her research to find out how was the environment at Bristol Myers and Squibb. So I think that's, I um, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, Aldemir, for example, Aldemir has been uh, in, in, in the media. He has been interviewed. He was one of the top, you know, black executives and he could share his career. You look at uh, Camila, Camila you know, mm -hmm. was willing to have an international career. Now she is working in Princeton. So mm -hmm. we, we can really show that kind of development. This is this is a great story. Thanks for, for talking about that. I know it's a big initiative for us at Enterprise Wise, how we increase uh, DNI engagement as well as employees. And I think we can learn a lot from what you've done, Gaetano, in Brazil, specifically throughout all of our major markets, Intercon and the United States as well. So I guess asking both of you, What's one thing you would want to tell the organization and, and the world of what we can do to really drive DNI, especially with some of the things that you've already done in your market already? Yeah, I, I can get started. Uh, I, I think the one question that I believe we can all uh, do a better job is every time that we have an opening, every time that we have an opportunity to advance someone is look at the number of candidates you have internally and externally. And do you have the right to representation? Uh, I don't know if you, you you were part of the, the patient week's kickoff this morning. We heard from one of our scientists saying how important diversity is, not only the diversity we are talking about, I mean, race and gender and, and uh, you know, uh, everything that we have, but the diversity of, of, of thought process. So I, I think one thing we can do is, do we have enough represent, representation uh, for us to, to be more inclusive with the diversity of our representation? Look at our customer base, look at our society. So we will need people to talk to them, to, to prepare strategy, tactics, everything that we want to make sure that we do to make our products available to the public for the patients that need us so much, just don't, don't, don't settle for not having enough representation from a diversity perspective when you have a chance to offer someone a job, to offer someone a promotion, to offer someone a tour of duty. So just make sure that you have enough representation of the diversity groups that we, we support. I think everyone that is willing, you know, to be part of this, I mean, you can find your way, you know, in, in, at, in, at BMS, we have so many examples, you know, and so many opportunities to make the difference, you know, and, and support the development of a better society. So this would be my advice. I like how you phrase it, the development of a better society. That's a good way of putting it, Fernanda. Thanks, Ryan. Gaetano, Fernanda, thanks again for coming on to the podcast today. It was great to hear your story and what drives your passion, specifically in DNI and education. But before we end today, I want to ask you one last question that we ask all of our guests. What's one piece of advice, life or career, would you give to your past, present, and future self? And I guess we can go with Gaetano first. Well, so if I would uh, have a chance to talk to my persona in the past and say what I would do different, I would say you should trust more your intuition. I think we all have uh, those, you know, gut feelings and things that you you know what you should do. And, and maybe I didn't pay attention 
to those as much as I could early on in my life. Uh, I think I, I would trust more my gut feelings uh, if I could go back. For, for my present, uh, one thing that I am um, getting very selfish now is to really make sure that I take care of my balance. And balance for me means taking care of my body, my health, uh, that I can really be at my best, uh, take care of my emotions, and take care also of my spiritual life. I, 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 I go back and I see when I was at my best is when those three areas of my life were in balance. I was taking care of my health. I was taking care of my emotions, my mental health, but also I was taking care of my spiritual life. So uh, finding balance on that is, is something that I, I'm doing at my present. And if I, I look at my future self, I would say I would go back and, and I would like to see how much I have influenced my environment to help my passion on race, on, on everything that I, I want to go back and, and do in Brazil. So I, for my future, I would like to be an eternal kind of a mentor as much as uh, God allows me to be in this world, just uh, that I can, I can have that influence, that I can share that passion with, uh, with my environment, with, uh, with the people around me, anywhere that I am, uh, I'm going to be. Well, thanks, Gaetano. Uh, Fernanda? I think Gaetano touched a very important uh, point for me. So I think for my past, I would uh, really try to be more careful about my um, mental health and also how we can sometimes keep all the, the things together, but also being able to say, you know what, I think I can do this now, you know, try to really find this balance. And sometimes it's come, it's a start by saying you what you can do and what you cannot do. So I think mental health is something that I, I, I would like, if I could come back in time, I think I would have been more careful with that. And uh, to my present self, as I mentioned before, be grateful, maybe have uh, additional opportunities to thank everyone that has been helping me, you know, as a mentor or just someone as a sport, you know, in, in the challenge that I have been facing in my life. So I'm, I'm just, they, I consider them part of my achievement. So I think I should say, be grateful. The chance that I'm having now, the opportunity is something that I have been looking for. I don't know, I think it's a life opportunity, something that I have been pursuing for a long time. So I'm quite happy to be able to, to lead the supply diversity program for the international markets. And uh, and I think moving forward, it's really how I, um, I mean, how I can work in the challenge that I have, because I think the challenges are always good for us to, to reflect, to stop and to see how we can improve ourselves not just from a professional but also personally speaking and uh and sure i mean to to put uh to do my best with in with these new opportunities that are that are coming as a tour of duty great thanks again fernanda gaetano for spending time with us today and thanks to everyone for listening to the bowl innovators podcast we look forward to speaking with you soon take care and have a bowl tomorrow Thank you.